Welcome, one and all, to another Classic Albums Column podcast. This month we feature Prongs Cleansing, and uh, this podcast is technically episode number 38. For those of you that are checking the podcast out for the very first time, you can stream this or download it directly from MarsAttacksRadio.com or you can also uh, subscribe to this on iTunes. But without any other interruption, this episode features, or I should say focuses on, prongs cleansing. So let's get things underway and jump headfirst right into a track. This is Cut Rate by Prong. <laughs> Let's 
There you go, Cut Rate by Prong, coming off of the album that is featured in this month's Classic Albums column, which is Cleansing. If you haven't checked out the previous column, which was Metallica's Injustice for All, let me just give you a brief rundown as to what we're doing with this column and podcast. Uh, what we've done is we've gone out and we've talked to people from throughout the industry, not only musicians, but producers, photographers, journalists, uh, people at labels, PR people. Um, just that we tried to get different comments from people from all sides of the industry because obviously they're going to have different types of comments related to a band or an album. Uh, for example... We have our good friend Dan Lorenzo that has some very interesting comments regarding Prong. Uh, those are his comments, and uh, that's his more or less his run-in uh, with the band, and you know that's what he wanted to express, and that's cool. You know, we don't want every single comment to be a home run. Uh, we're definitely not trying to get you know juice out of anyone or trying to get people to give us any type of negative reviews, but. I do feel that freedom of speech is necessary, and if someone wants to express an indifferent opinion or a negative opinion, as well as a, you know, overwhelmingly uh, positive opinion, all of that is welcome, you know. If not, there would be no reason to check these albums out or listen to music or comment on any of this, and once again, the idea here is to revisit some classic albums. Maybe you haven't listened to cleansing in a while and you know this makes you go back and check the album out maybe you've never heard of it there are quite a few people that I spoke to uh, within bands that said oh you know I've never heard of the album that they've heard of the name but hadn't heard uh, you know or don't remember hearing anything off of the album there are others that um, I almost forced to make them listen to it just due to the fact that a lot of what they're doing is prong-influenced, <laughs> you know. Um, it's just sort of a shame that this band has sort of flown in under the radar for so many years and um, was somewhat popular at one point. Uh, I don't think that they ever got the recognition that they deserved, and maybe that's arguable with uh, with certain people, but that's my feeling. And this band taking you back uh, roughly 20 years when Headbangers Ball was in full swing. They had songs off of their previous album used in between commercials uh, by Headbangers Ball. When you had all those karate intros and all that and the skulls and and whatnot. There was some Nirvana in there as well, but uh, Prong was in there too. And um, this album, this album brought things to the forefront, uh, like various samples, various things that Killing Joke was doing for years, for example. But Prong brought this to the forefront. This, in my opinion, not only influenced bands such as Fear Factory or Static X, which came out years later. Uh, there's a plethora of bands uh, and Gene Hoagland refers to this as well in his part of the interview where um, maybe new metal 
was seriously influenced by what Prong did um, or what Prong offers on this album. But not only that, there are bands like Pantera, bands like Helmet, Machine Head. The list goes on and on. Um, Maybe some of these bands will say, well, you know, I never really listened to Prong or I wasn't influenced by them. And there are people that have said that, but you trace it all the way back through the evolution of metal. You listen to Vulgar Display of Power. You listen to Cowboys from Hell. There's Prong in there. Uh, No doubt about it in my mind. And uh, Pantera have always, Dimebag always claimed to be a fan of the band. And they took them out on tour on several occasions. Uh, So there's no doubt in my mind that had it not have been for Prong and what they do, those bands wouldn't, you know, uh, wouldn't have sounded the way that they did. And consequentially, Lamb of God and other bands that have come after wouldn't sound the way that they did. Uh, Getting back to Fear Factory, uh, Static X, Spineshank, all of these bands that started in, um, excuse me, started including all types of effects, all types of different things to take their music to another level. Prong did that with this album, with Cleansing, excuse me. There are two songs that started getting major airplay back then. I referenced back to when Q104 in New York actually was more of a hard rock or metal station. They played Snap Your Fingers, Snap Your Neck all the time. Uh, Headbangers Ball played these videos all the time. You can still hear Snap Your Fingers, Snap Your Neck played at sporting events. Uh, a bunch of wrestlers have used it for intros. If I'm not mistaken, Just Incredible in the old ECW used to use it. So um, the influence has been felt, and it's trickled down. And, and there are a few albums, I will say this, that aren't obvious. And Justice for All, although it isn't Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning... Uh, is still a very influential album from the biggest metal band of all time. So Injustice for All isn't that far-fetched to be featured in a classic album's uh, column. Cleansing is less likely just because Prong didn't reach that uh, economic status or popularity status that maybe a lot of other bands of that era reached. That said, in my opinion, that doesn't diminish the influence that they had on so many others afterwards. And that's why the albums that are going to appear in this column are going to vary. There are going to be some that are, you know, people are going to look at and say, oh boy, this album again. And there are others, like Cleansing, where a lot of people maybe have overlooked what this album meant and... You know, my intention here again is to draw people to great albums, to draw them to different things that help progress metal and bring it to where it's at in 2011, in the now. And uh, this album, Ted Parsons mentions it on the uh, interview that I have within the column. This album still sounds fresh. You listen to some albums from that time period. You hear the snare or the guitar tone or certain things, and you think, oh my God, this is from some 
some specific era, it sounds dated. This does not sound dated. This album could come out today and it would still sound like it came out in 2011 as opposed to 1994, which I... Uh, You'll hear me mention that uh, that I believe that it came out in another year, but uh, that's uh, that that's that's part of doing the interview and not having the facts in front of me at the time. But yes, '94 uh, is when this album actually came out. In any event, let's jump into another track. Before jumping into a segment with Gene Hoagland talking about cleansing. So we're going to get into Out of Your Misery by Prong. Ability, inability. 
Now, I got to admit, that's one I'm not super familiar with. Um, you know, uh, I just, I, my, my, my fiance is a guitar teacher and she had one of her students wanted to learn a couple of songs off that. So I listened to some of it recently. Um, I knew all the songs that were on the radio. Was that the one with like snap your fingers, snap your neck and stuff like that? That's it. Yeah. That, okay. And, uh, whose fist is this anyway? Yeah. Those are, those are some really fun, fun titles. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I, I love Tommy Victor. He's awesome. He's amazing. And Ted Parsons is a great drummer. And they were very influential in the fact that, you know, they brought a little bit of groove to the whole thing, you know, the whole yeah. kind of, you know, a, a progenitor of new metal, I suppose. And I'm sure they wouldn't appreciate that term, so I use it with all <laughs> respect. But, uh, right. Um, but, yeah, you know, just just 92, I think, was when that album probably came out, I would say, 92-ish or so. Um, yeah, ninety two, ninety three, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and that's you know that was the year of of the White Zombie and you know Pantera bringing a bit of groove to everything and and yeah. you know that 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 was cool you know there I liked you know I I've heard Prong opened for for uh, Fear Factory on on a tour earlier this or middle of last year I suppose and um, you know it was great watching them play because they play those songs with a whole lot of fire live and their new drummer Alexi is, is really ripping too and they've got some really new killer like kind of thrash based kind of stuff and that, that's cool you know I like hearing problems right. from it so uh, but that one I gotta admit was, was a little under my radar other than the songs that were you know that, that, the, the, the ones you'd hear on the radio or whatever or, or see the videos for <laughs>
Rising came out right after Prove You Wrong. By that time, you guys had uh, intros being played during Headbangers Ball. Uh, there was some sort of press going on as well for the band before this album came out. Was there any sort of pressure uh, put on you guys by, say, Epic at the time to write or record a specific album? No, not really. Uh, that happened more after cleansing. We just uh, were free to do whatever we wanted, and uh, you know that that was with that period was cool with that. So, uh, I mean, the only problem they gave us was uh, about producers. Uh, they were definitely against using Terry Date, but uh, we got that through. And then we had problems with the uh, with the cover art that that took like several months before that got approved. But uh, other than that, no, I mean, uh, they, they were cool about it. I mean, they really didn't know what was going on anyhow. I mean, it was, I don't think Epic really uh, had a clue what we were doing, period, uh, throughout any of the years. What was it like from your standpoint to write and record the album? I just recall uh, spending a lot of time on the material. I mean, it, it just... Uh, Dialing it in, I mean, uh, there was a lot more songs written. I don't even remember what didn't make it on the record. Uh, uh, some of the stuff that we were doing were hold, was hold over with, with Troy. And uh, then when Troy quit, you know, I had to take over most of the writing. So uh, uh, I just remember just, this is before digital technology, uh, you know, I had a little four track and I was just, whenever opportunity I had, I was uh, laying ideas on there and, uh, you know, figuring out lyrics, et cetera. So, uh, you know, just spending a lot of time on it, you know, just uh, dialing in the songs, uh, getting it to the best we could, you know. So, uh, you know, even... Um, any opportunity I had, uh, you know, I was either in, in my bathroom, like, trying to figure out riffs, you know. I was, like, <clears throat> I had a wife in a little apartment in Brooklyn and just, uh, you know, coming up with ideas, you know. As far as recording, I mean, you know, recording was, uh, we had we had rehearsed, uh, you know, a good month before we went in there. So, So you guys pretty much had everything put together beforehand, went into the studio and just pretty much knocked it out pretty quickly? Or was there any editing that or reworking of any tracks before actually going in and recording the album? No, I mean, it just takes back to where you couldn't really do that. I mean, you couldn't uh, cut and paste or anything like that. I mean, it was uh, it was all done live, you know. I mean, overdubs is a different story, but no, I mean, everything was recorded live. Uh, what the songs were arranged uh, as is uh, while we when we recorded it. Okay, and the album definitely has a different, uh, say, flavor to it, where there's more of maybe a Killing Joke type influence with a more of uh, industrial influence, for lack of a better term. Um, was that something that you purposely set out before writing the album? You know what, I want to incorporate this. Or did that just come about while you were writing the album? That was natural because, uh, you know, it's good that you point that out. I mean, Killing Joke was a huge influence on on me, really. And, uh, you know, like the vocal stylings, guitar playing, everything uh, was uh, really centered upon that. I think, like, when, when Mike was around uh, and, like, Baked to Differ, 
that period, uh, we were we were more or less like you know more involved in like the New York hardcore scene, and uh, that didn't really come out as much. I mean, on, on Bake to Differ, it started emerging more like Proof You Were Wrong, Cleansing, you know, Root Awakening, you know, that, that's. But that's always been, you know, my style or, you know, what I, you know, the band I really loved a lot. So, uh, you know, I, I just, I wanted to, I wanted to make something cool. And we always try to like mix other stuff in with like, you know, just straight ahead, you know, like punk rock or, you know, hardcore, what it was back then in metal, you know? So, uh, yeah, I guess you could say, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a conscious effort to, to bring that out to the front more and uh, try to do something different. Like, you know, like, you know, Ted was, uh, into the idea of, of just laying like, you know, like a solid, you know, drum tracks down uh, rather than, uh, indicated, uh, you know, more jammed out rhythms that we did earlier. And then, uh, you know, everything was just really simplistic. We wanted to do that and make sure that, you know, the solos were limited and, uh, you know, moving that direction. So, you know, that's what came around. I mean, it was sort of like we went backwards a little bit because when Prong started, we really didn't have any solos and weren't really concentrating on that. I mean, I, I didn't know how to play them. I mean, that was a lot of, you know, I had just started playing guitar full-time because previous to that I played bass and sang more than anything. And then, uh, you know, when Prong started, I, I picked up guitar and, uh, you know, we, you know, I just was learning as we went along. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Killing Joke influence is always prevalent, you know. Gotcha. Okay. And what did bringing Paul and John into the fold for the album bring to what you guys were trying to accomplish? Uh, I wouldn't highlight what John's if. Once. I mean, he he was just sort of along for the ride, or like Raven pulled him out and said, "Hey, you know, we, we let's get some 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 extra sounds in there." And uh, we we wanted to do that, like even prove we wrong. We we bought a sampler, and uh, you know, Ted was trying to manipulate that. Uh, it was kind of limited, but uh, you know, we brought that in during that period, and uh, to get a guy there that was doing that. Definitely more like you know, like uh, influenced by like you know, like Al and Ministry, and you know, uh, there was nothing. We didn't play to a quick track or anything like that. You know, like a JB would, would run a couple of loops here and there. Uh, you know, Raven didn't do any writing on that record neither. I mean, it was uh, all those songs were written, and uh, uh, he came in sort of at the last. Both those guys came in like after Ted and I had like you know really dialed in the music a lot, you know, but I mean, Raven's bass parts and, uh, you know, just his style and, you know, energy, you know, really, uh, affected the whole, you know, vibe of the whole thing without a doubt. Okay. And does it surprise you that tracks off of this album are still covered by current bands that these tracks are still being played on metal radio on satellite radio on stations around the world. Yeah, I don't really feel that that much. I mean, you know, I mean, people say that. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of times I, I almost get the different vibe where, like, no one remembers Prong or knows what it is, you know, or, uh, I mean, the, the band is still active. I mean, we, we did, like, three tours over the last, like, year and a half, and uh, it's almost like a new band again where, you know, uh, 
people don't know that, you know, snap your fingers or snap your nails, prong, you know, they, they, they don't even know. I mean, I think the, the, the songs stand up more than anything. Uh, it, it doesn't really affect the identity that, you know, that prong is known, uh, which is a little disappointing. Uh, I think that, you know, we're trying to now, like, you know, even rejuvenate some of the stuff from, from the earlier records that, you know, uh, people haven't heard and, uh, you know, have overlooked, I think, you know, I mean, I mean, I've been getting, it was just the same deal at saying over like last year, it's just like, you know, like Rude Awakening came out and no one really liked it. And then like five years later, 10 years later, people going, that was a really cool record, you know, and, um, you know, it, it didn't, you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, are into it now, but, uh, I mean, it definitely didn't get the, you know, the, uh, the notice that, you know, the cleansing did. And, you know, I mean, Every once in a while, I hear like little bits and pieces on like the sports radio or whatever. Like you know, they they play it in the background or whatever. But I don't really, you know, I'm not like shocked or surprised or like noticed that much, you know. So it's not like you know, like you know, Inner Sandman or something like that. You know what I mean? Like I'm still right. still over. I just feel like you know the whole thing's been overlooked a lot in general. Gotcha. And and that's, you know, not to kiss any ass or anything, but I think it's definitely a shame because there, there are so many times that I've pointed out uh, on my shows where there are different riffs in prong songs and, you know, I'll bring up the fact, hey, you know, this band didn't start doing this style of riffing until this album came out or, you know, 10 years later, people didn't start playing this style until you know, beg to differ, cleansing and rude awakening had come out. So it is a shame that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it, uh, we experienced that like a little locally, like in the New York scene. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, it was kind of hilarious. I mean, uh, like, you know, for instance, you know, like white zombie when, you know, before, like, you know, we came out like, like that whole beg to differ style, uh, they were like this sheer noise band and like, were just, you know, they had you no, know, no. They weren't even really like a metal band. It was, uh, you know, and, and the same applies to Helmet. You know, when we slowed things down and we did this whole like groove metal thing, then you know, it became a bit of a trend. You know, so uh, you know, uh, we've always had that, that big you know lump on our shoulders about the whole thing. It was always, uh, oh my God, these guys are doing like this now, and they're getting more notoriety. Uh, you know, it's it's just the story of my career, pretty much. You know, right? Yeah, and it's it's a shame. The one, the one band that I always point out and I catch a lot of shit for is Pantera. I definitely feel that had they have not, you know, really. Uh, dove into your albums, uh, Vulgar Display would never have sounded anywhere near uh, what it sounded like in the end. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, but I, I can't go around saying things like that because people will, like, you know, <laughs> uh, just, uh, you know, they'll scoff at that, you know. I mean, uh, I mean, everyone knows who Pantera is and, like, no one knows who Pong is. You go around saying stuff like that, it's like, you know, you, this guy's a, a bitter old man, so... I try to avoid, you know, uh, I try to avoid those conversations as much as possible, as much as, you know, uh, like I'm on tour with, with Glenn and he's always saying, he always shakes his head and it's like, uh, you know, like he, he he's, he's along the lines of what you're saying and he's just like, you know, 
like so many bands should be like, you know, um, you know, paying more tribute or, or, you know, but you know, it's the way it is. I mean, uh, I ran into Armand from sick of it all the other day and, uh, you know, a band, his band rest in pieces. I mean, prong definitely took some stuff from that, uh, you know, from them. And, uh, you know, I've always said that and, uh, you know, like the bad brains and, uh, you know, obviously killing joke and, you know, I was just at the bands that I liked, you know, I wasn't really trying to like, uh, you know, like go into a genre. We, we, we were always like genreless type of band, you know, like, uh, right. you know, there's, there's a whole bunch of groups that we liked and, you know, I was never strictly like a metal guy at all. And, uh, and I sort of like, you know, in order to, to, to maintain a living, I've sort of had, had to like, um, uh, you know, sort of incorporate that into my style, you know, playing with Danzig and, you know, ministry, et cetera. But, you know, uh, uh, th- there was that whole, you know, from like 79 to, you know, 80, you know, 83 or 84, where, you know, I, I was not listening to anything that was remotely, you know, metal at all, you know. Right. I, I got turned on to like Metallica and Slayer like way later than everybody else did, you know. Touching upon everything that um, we've been mentioning, if you had to uh, pinpoint one impact that, or a specific impact that this album has had on your career and on metal in general, what would you point out? Well, I mean, it's maintained some kind of longevity. I mean, uh, like you were saying, I mean, there's bands today that are, you know, uh, you know, like you covering or, you know, like looking to that record and, you know, uh, I mean, it's, it's, I don't feel it that much, but I mean, it, it, it's apparent. I mean, uh, it's, that's like pretty much the only thing I could really say. I mean, uh, like, uh, I don't go around listening to it and, um, you know, there's no, there's no pictures of the band on the cover, et cetera. So I'm not really that recognized, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, I, I, it's, it, that's a, it's a good question, but it, I mean, uh, you know, I didn't know, like, you know, I, I was able to, like, you know, continue playing music till, you know, this time, and you know, there's still an interest in prong. I mean, like, we got, you know, like a, a couple of de- new deals on the table, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's like we're still going, and, uh, you know, that, that's something to be said about that. I mean, it's as difficult as that is, but, your prong has always renewed itself. I mean, like you know, like you you keep mentioning the those three you know epic releases and uh, or the four of them, including you know Root Awakening. You know the and you know there's other little uh, you know EPs that are in that whole duration. But uh, you know, uh, you know there's other records too. I mean, even like you know yeah. like the last one, Power of the Damager, got like a lot of recognition. You know, even though it was on a crap label and you know uh, it got overlooked a lot, but uh, you know, I mean, we're always, you know, I'm, I'm able to keep it going, and, you know, the thing with Prong is, too, is that, you know, since it was so weird, like, you know, like, we could play shows, or, you know, it's a touring thing, you know, like, like KMFDM, or, you know, like, you know, more metal bands, too, like, you know, like Soulfly, et cetera, and then, you know, we did tour with Fear Factory last year, so, uh, you know, uh, you know, it's like, you know, hey, you know, probably wants to go, we, we could still get these opening slots or whatever and and continue going on. So, you know, it's, it's, it's I don't know whether it's a blessing or a curse where, you know, my career keeps going because of, uh, you know, those early records. 
Gotcha. No, and and I definitely don't want to sidestep any of the other albums that you mentioned. I actually uh, uh, listened to uh, Scorpio Rising last weekend for the first time in a while, and it was it was really cool. Um, there were some songs that I was a lot more familiar with that I'd played a lot when the album had come out, and there were others that um, that it was almost like I was checking them out again for the first time. It was sort of a, a surprise that uh, that album, although maybe it isn't as heavy or it isn't as, you know, in the same vein as some of the other albums, uh, still has a lot of cool stuff on there. And, and Power of the Damagers, one of the best albums, in my opinion, to come out in the last 10 years. So it oh, is thanks. Def- I appreciate it. Well, I mean, yeah. I sort of look at that one. I mean, like, uh, you know, the, the, the energy put into that whole thing was just like, you know, was exhausting. I mean, uh, believe it or not, I mean, uh, uh, you know, a lot on me, you know, <clears throat> where, um, like, like cleansing where, you know, like, or, you know, we, we're, for, for lack of band members, I had to, like, you know, uh, do a lot of work on the, on, on that record. And, um, you know, it, it, that was almost a solo record in a lot of ways. It was, um, uh, you know, from from writing the stuff to you know producing it and uh, whatever. I mean, I was it was really on my own. You know, I mean, really, I mean, Al likes to take a little bit of credit for for anything, but you know, he really didn't have anything to do with that record at all. Although he'll say he did, but like. You know, uh, he came in on on one song and mixed it, helped me mix it, and that was about it. Although it was recorded at his studio, but gotcha. Okay, and uh, and that's interesting. You keep mentioning uh, Al from uh, Ministry. Uh, you've actually been able to work with a lot of big name people after Prong uh, Ministry. You did a little work with Rob Zombie when he first went solo. Um, your work with Danzig, again, the album that came out last year is one of the best things I've heard probably, and again, I caught a lot of shit for this as well, probably the best Danzig album since the first two original solo albums, in my opinion, so, um, just some absolutely great work that you've done outside of the, uh, or outside of Prong and... Uh, there are other projects that uh, were rumored to have taken place along the way, but uh, you know it's it's a shame. There are so many things that have uh, that you've touched on over the years that have you know you've almost had like the Midas touch, but maybe uh, hasn't received the recognition that it should have. Yeah, I mean it, it's frustrating. Uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of lucky. Like, you know, like you know, I have I have a girlfriend who like she's the the one that pretty much, you know, like recognizes me more than anybody, and it's always like you know, like uh, keeps me from being like discouraged to the point of like completely quitting again, which I I had quit for a while, but it's like you know, um, you know, uh, I mean, like you know, for any like you know musicians, you know, you need encouragement. Otherwise, you know, you feel like what are you doing right. this for? It's like. You know, you you know, you, you pick up a guitar and or your bass or you know you start you know a microphone and you know you want you want to get you know recognized what you do. I mean, um, you know, and when that doesn't happen, you get really you know easily discouraged. And uh, you know, there's not a lot of guys like you around that you know that that are, are keeping an eye out or have taken notice. You know, it's uh, you know it's uh, it's it's a weird thing. It's a weird line of work. It's a, it's a weird life. You know, uh, you look at guys like Michael Jackson. I mean, these guys are like recognized by, you know, 
millions and millions of people and they're still miserable. So it's like, you know, right. how do you, how do you keep going? Like, you know, it's, it's a, it's a strange thing, man. I'm telling you. Yeah. That, that's interesting that you bring that up. A lot of times I ask different artists that have maybe written stuff for other people and that artist has gained recognition for a song, but they haven't as a writer. Uh, a lot of times I've asked, how they measure their success because obviously success can be measured in you know uh, in money or you know in having like you're saying being recognized by people outside of you know just the industry or by millions of fans uh if you were to measure your success as a writer or as an artist how would you measure it i i i don't measure it that high i mean i i, I um uh at, at this point it's Time, like you know, uh, you know, even Glenn. I mean, uh, you know, I always, I, you know, I always set my standards like really high, like with Prong. You know, I didn't, I didn't want it to be like, you know, thrown into the metal genre that much, and right. you know, I wanted it to surpass that, and you know, that that just like, as far as I'm concerned, completely backfired on me. So it mm -hmm. was like, um, you know, uh, I saw it as, you know. Uh, like you just like modern rock music, and you know, uh, then grunge came along, and that that sort of threw us in this this uh, this junk pile, you know. So, uh, you know, I I I'm um I'm pretty disappointed like at, at where you know things went, but that's that's out of my control. On the other hand, too, so uh, it, it's like uh, uh, there's. There's a lot of good people out there, a lot of good music out there, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, just live is, is something that you could, you know, you can hold on to, but, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in, you know, I guess myself for, you know, in, in like, you know, the way things have turned out as far as that goes, but I mean, you know, the, the, the book isn't closed yet, I mean, I'm working on new material, and, you know, we, we, I've, we've got, like, 14 new songs that, you know, for a new demo that people are pretty excited about, and uh, you never know, I mean, I always have, like, this this little glimmer of hope that, uh, you know, that, that things could turn around, and I like to, like, you know, keep things on the fringe with Prong, you know, like, um, you know, I, I don't go into, like, making a record trying to, like, you know, making a metal record or like, you know, like it, that's like the last thing you really want to do. You know, I just want to, you know, like to push the, push it into something else that, you know, hasn't really been a territory that hasn't been really, you know, like crossed or, you know, has, has been discovered yet. So, uh, what happens, you know, it's like, it's, unfortunately we're in, you know, in a time where, you know, making records doesn't really mean as much as it did, like, you know, in, in the eighties or, you know, the nineties for that matter. Right. Yeah. And I, I find it amazing that a lot of people that are, you know, from that era, similar to you guys that, uh, still haven't, come to grips with that and get pissed <laughs> off when they don't sell a million albums, you know, nowadays. So, yeah, know. but then there's bands like Disturbed who were like, you know, um, they, they came around and, uh, you know, like took a lot of those elements from that, you know, that, that early new metal period. And like, I mean, they're massive. I mean, it's like, it's uh, you know, you got to hand it to them. I mean, I know like, you know, most people, 
that I meet, I don't like them. I mean, but it's like, you know, like, you know, the, the general populace love, you know, it's like, it's, it's really weird. You know, it's like that, you know, no, no one could, no one could, uh, predict these things or, uh, you know, map them out. I mean, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's, you know, like that's why, you know, there's, Music business is, is taking uh, taking a crap because uh, you know, like all these people that were trying to like uh, predict or stylize or formulaize are out of work. You know, they're all like you know, uh, working at uh, gear rental companies or whatever now. So it's like, uh, right. you know, it's you know, what I mean, it's 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 a crazy thing, you know. So so um, you know, I mean, <clears throat> as far as like general music goes, I mean, it's you know, uh, it's right these days. Again, it's dictated by you know the the R and B scene considerably. So you know you can't really you know uh, patent patent you know pattern things out too much. So I don't know. We'll see what right. happens. It's interesting. Disturbed. One of the biggest. Um, I don't know how how to put this. Uh, closet fan base. No one likes them, but yet they sell you know a million albums. <laughs> exactly what you said. <laughs> So. Yeah, I know it's crazy. I mean, and then you know, and then now it's Avenged Sevenfold too. Like you know, but you know what? I, I'm I'm like I'm a music fan, and um, yeah. uh, like you know, like like I, I'm in my hotel room, and you know, what am I listening to? I'm listening to Nuggets, like '60s music. You know, like <laughs> you know, I'm not you know, uh, it's 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 uh, you know, I, I that's what I you know, I'm not into like. Really, you know, like I have to listen to metal all the time or whatever, you know. Right. So I could appreciate those groups, you know. Like I've always, you know, you know, uh, take it for what it's worth, you know. Like, um, you know, you know, and, and that's always to my detriment. Like I, if I go around like in the metal circuit saying that I'm, I'm like listening to this, that, and the other thing, people take I'm like you know like completely weird which i am i guess but you know that's always been the problem with with metal and and it, it's it's so closed-minded it's like you know it, it just it, it still remains that way and it's gotten even worse and uh it's uh that's why i love playing with glenn is because you know glenn doesn't care you know he like you know he's got his old favorites like you know like you know he'll listen to like you know elvis and roy orbison and you know, and then, you know, he listens to Venom, you know, it's like, you know, uh, his music tastes are, like, really, you know, widespread, and, you know, so, it's that, that I really, like, with Al, too, you know, Al, you know, for the most part, you know, there's, like, two metal bands he likes, you know, and uh, I always get along with guys like that, rather than, you know, I guess it's our age group, like, you know, when we came up, we were, there really wasn't that many heavy metal bands, it was like, you know, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, and... You know, then the rest of it was, uh, you know, still like 60s music, you know, The Doors or whatever, you know, Credence. Right. Which was, those were great times where it was like, you know, we could, you know, it was, there was, yeah, there was metal shows. I mean, yeah, I mean, it was like, you know, Priest came out or whatever, but still we were listening to like, you know, P-Funk and, you know, uh, you know Iggy and the Stooges at the same time. Right. Yeah, I think a lot of things have been dictated, unfortunately, by people trying to to market music over the years, and yep. you know, as a result, you have, you know, the the effect that we're talking about, where instead of someone saying, "Hey, you know, I think this album is cool" or "That band is cool" or whatever, it's 
Like, all right, I got to look over my shoulder to see who's around to see if I can say that I like that band or not. It's more of, well, do my friends think that band is cool? Um, am I going to be cool if I say this band is cool instead of saying, you know what, fuck it. You know, I like this band or I like that song, and who cares if anyone else does, so... Yeah, I mean, it's got the whole beard metal thing. I mean, like, that's like the, you know, uh, I mean, in, in L.A., especially, like, you know, it, it, it's, forget it. I mean, it's all about coolness and, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's 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 a total hipster thing, you know. It's like, and, yeah. um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I don't get involved in it. You know, I don't. I, I just, uh, it almost makes me not want to listen to anything anymore. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's sad. It, it really is. And, and a lot of these bands, you know, I, I feel sorry for them. Some of them are cool. You know, it's it's with every, like, wave of music. The first or second band to come out of that movement is cool. Then all the other copycats suck. And you're going to have a, a shitload of bands that, you know, were signed based on, you know, having X amount of tattoos, a beard, and, you know, a certain hairstyle. And, you know, five years from now, no one's even going to know who they are, and no one's going to give a shit who they are either. Well, that's what they say. I mean, you know, you know. I mean, like Glenn is always. He goes, "Make sure you won't even hear about them." He's like, "You won't even know who they are." It's like, it's like, and he's right most of the time. You know, it's uh, yeah. sometimes he's wrong. I mean, but he, you know, you know I, I'm not a good predictor of those things. I, I used to, I. I you know, like, I don't know. I mean, I, I've experienced, like, the weirdest things in my career. Like, you know, like, it's, you know, working at CBGB's for years and trying to figure out who was going to be, you know, the next big thing and, you know, uh, right in the mix of that, uh, of, you know, uh, hanging out with A&R people and, uh, you know, I mean, I, I've I've struck out a lot of times, you know. So, I mean, I can't, I can't really say, I can't decipher it. You know, uh, unfortunately, again, the, these days, uh, the odds are against you, you know, in, in unbelievable, yeah. you know, <laughs> amount where you really can't, uh, you know, like dial it in that much. I think, like, you know, you say, well, you, you made a good point about the whole thing, like, you know, the, the way everything has been marketed again. And I think that the real, uh, you know, uh, and I'll get shit for this too, is, is, is the whole heavy metal labels, like, you know, the Century Media is a nuclear blast. I mean, I think they've they've done and you know uh, they've had a, a good um, uh, they've participated in in you know the lack of creativity and and you know a dissolve of anything that's like you know that's done anything. It's it's you can't specialize music that much. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like <clears throat> I mean. Uh, People say, well, look at like chess records, old lace like that. But no, but there's a lot of difference between, you know, Muddy Waters and Chuck Berry. I mean, you know, it's like now it's like if you don't sound like Winds of Plague, you're not going to get like a record deal with, with, with some of these labels, you know. It's, it's pathetic. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think that will ultimately lead to, uh, well, ultimately, no, it has led to uh, what's taken place, you know, and what will probably end up putting the, the final nail in the coffin because with the internet and everything else. Oh, yeah. You know. Um, we'll, we'll see how it all pans out in the next few years, but I 
have a hard time believing that any labels will be around in the next five to ten years. So, no, it's going to be all legacy stuff. I mean, you know, it, it's uh, you know, see, that's why I said I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse. I mean, you know, there's always talk about you know rejuvenating those you know those old prong records again. And then, you know, finding waiting for the right time for that, <clears throat> and then um, you know, I could see, uh, you know, like, like you know, like us going out and doing like you know the whole cleansing record or something like that. You know, that's with with, with where people are moving into. You know, where it's, uh, you know, uh, that that's that's one premonition that we you could see happening. But uh, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, and then the legacy stuff is going to have to try to, like, you know, instigate, you know, any interest in the new things. It's like, you know, like, you know, Eddie Van Halen was hilarious. Like, you know, he's just like, people go, oh, when are you going to make a new record? And he's like, why? Why should I, you know, he refuses, he does not even interested, you know? It's like, <laughs> there's no reason for it, you know? It's like, you know, no one cares. It's like, you know, right. I mean, and Glenn is almost getting to that point, too. I mean, like he did, we did that, that last record, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, uh, he's just like, you know, I did all, you do all this work and you try to do this whole thing. And it's like, you know, for why, you know, like people want to hear mother and, you know, and, you know, twist a cane and that's it, you know, that's, that's definitely a shame that uh, again is a great album and <laughs> more people should have really, uh, checked it out and hopefully, uh, I mean, I know that there was a video released uh, a few weeks back, hopefully that helps keep some uh, interest in the album. Yeah, I mean, like, that that, that song has been going, I mean, there's nothing to that song, uh, but, uh, you know, like, uh, I mean, I, for some reason, it's been getting a really good response, you know. Uh, it's, uh, it wasn't really, like, you know, again, like, you know, it was sort of like a throw-in on that record, and, like, you know, we, we sort of, like, it was kind of a goofball song, you know, uh, Juju <laughs> Bone, you know, like, it, it's, you know, Glenn was just like, you know, it, it's taken from, it's, it's a whole Elvis thing going on on that, you know, so it's like, uh, you know, it's pretty funny, you know, that, that that's gotten so, gotten, the, the, out of all the songs on that record, that's the one that's gotten the most attention, so, you know, uh, that's what I mean, like, you know, it's exciting going into a record of like, you know, like a prong record, a new record, see, seeing which ones come to the the forefront, you know, it's like, <clears throat> you never know, you know, it's like, uh, you never know what's, well, wow, you know, somebody's going to pick this up and use it, well, you know, Glenn's always been like that with the stuff with the, you know, with, um, you know, the, 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 um, the hangover, you know, like, you know, you never know when somebody's going to pick right. something up and go like, you know, oh, this is what I want to use. I mean, Prong did that because the wrestlers, wrestlers and, you know, hockey teams use, you know, snap your fingers, snap your neck, you know, so, you know, you never know what's going to happen with that, neither. So, you know, that's what I mean. That's almost more exciting these days than anything. It's like, you know, like what other media is going to pick up your on one of your songs and is going to like, you know, for something. Yeah, absolutely, and also makes you think as well. What, like you said, you know, after recording fourteen songs, as you're mentioning that you're demoing. How many of those songs people actually pick up on or actually come to the forefront and maybe with like Juju Bone, you're saying there's nothing to that song and, you know, why has that song had some sort of longevity in something like 
the revengeful not had, you know, the same response. Exactly. Yeah, that, that one, like, you know, that, that was a dud, and we that was one of the ones that we thought that was going to be cool or whatever, you know. So, uh, you never know. You can't, you can't, I mean, as an artist, you can't, you know, you, as much as you, may, you know, I mean, some bands are good at that, of really deciphering what, you know, what the general populace is going gonna, is gonna to like, but I guess we're, we're, we're too old and we're, we, you know, our musical tastes are too, like, you know, wide range to, like, figure that one out. So, you never know. Hey, what's happening? This is Tommy Victor from Prong and Danzig and Ministry. And you're listening to Mars Attacks.
go, a little snap your fingers, snap your neck, coming off of cleansing by prong. I need to thank Tommy Victor for coming on and doing that interview. Really, uh, last second deal there. Um, Was waiting for a while to try to see if we could make that happen. And sort of last Saturday, sent an email saying, hey, you know, I'm doing this in about a, a week, you know, um, do you have any free time? And he pretty much said, if you want to do it, let's do it now. And called him at a hotel in Germany. Uh, Danzig was playing a few shows there. And uh, really a great time speaking to Tommy. This is an album that has really impacted me. And uh, if if it hasn't been obvious with my comments to him or comments throughout this episode. And, uh, you know, a lot of people mention or ask, you know, um, what's your biggest interview? You know, this to me is one of my biggest interviews because, you know, I've listened to his music uh, for so long, listened to Prong's music for so long. And, uh, you know, music is always there for you. You know, no matter how good things are, how bad things are, you turn to certain albums, you turn to certain things to sort of get you out of a funk and... And that's what, you know, this album has done on so many occasions for me. And uh, I have to thank uh, Tommy, Ted, and the late, great Paul Raven for putting such a great album together. And like I mentioned, uh, I don't want to diminish anything else that they've done, but definitely check out all of their work. Uh would definitely recommend this album, Root Awakening, Power of the Damager, which is just absolutely awesome. That album just blew me away when I uh, first listened to it, and I still listen to it quite frequently. And um, I definitely recommend checking those out and checking um, Prove You Wrong out as well. Prove You Wrong and Beg to Differ, I'm sorry. A brain fart there for a second. I want to make sure that I gave you the, the right titles. And um want to also point you over to the website, to MarsAttacksRadio.com. If you're just listening to the podcast, you'll find comments from various people, as I mentioned earlier. And you'll find an interview with Ted Parsons. Um, Ted is very busy from what you'll see from this interview. So it was difficult for us to sync up to do anything over the phone. So he sent me a few comments um, via Facebook. And uh, what we did, you know, I sent him some of the same questions that I discussed with Tommy. A lot of Tommy's questions sort of evolved as the conversation went on. And uh, it's it's interesting, you know, seeing his comments. Uh, The... Other thing that uh, that I sort of didn't want to bring out, you know, because it's it's almost lame. It's almost akin to, you know, going to a show and hearing someone, you know, in this case, uh, after the first song is played, automatically start asking for snap your fingers, snap your neck, you know. And this is regarding Ted where, you know, uh, people are bound to ask, well, would you ever consider playing in prong again? Um, could I have asked that question? Yes, but I chose not to. I, I chose to take it a different route. There were rumors years ago stating that, uh, right before Paul Raven passed away, that there was a possibility that this lineup would get back together again. And that's 
exactly what I asked. And um, Ted's response was the following. Yes, there were there was talk about it, but nothing ever came of it. Raven was kicking around the idea to me a couple times. Tommy asked me a few years ago to come back and play with Prong after Raven died. They were opening up for Soulfly for a U.S. tour, and the drummer at the time, Aaron Rossi, was off doing a Revolting Cox tour. I was too busy with moving and other things. Ted actually lives in Oslo, Norway right now, so I'm assuming that's what he was referring to. But anyway, he wraps this question up by saying, I can't say if I would go back to play prong music, but never say never. So the door is open there. And would it be cool to um, to see him go back and play with them? Absolutely. You know, uh, Ted is also someone who is very underrated. Uh, I know that there's a comment on here about um, some, someone else commented on his playing being too monotonous. But from reading uh, Joel Gostin's book, From Satan to Sabbath, I think it's apparent that that's what they were trying to, you know, uh, do with Terry Date. They were trying to get a certain style and feel out of what they were doing with this band, or with this album, I'm sorry. So I think that was almost done on purpose. And I wouldn't call it monotonous, but if you see a lot of the stuff that... Ted's played on after like Godflesh and things like that. I mean, these are bands that I think are really influenced by a drum machine. And Ted is almost like a human drum machine to an extent. And I don't mean that in a bad way. His playing is just uh, very accurate, very succinct. It's, it's, it's almost, and especially on the cleansing and the Rude Awakening albums. It's almost like a sniper who's just picking his shots and just, you know, knowing when to use the right amount of ammunition instead of just spraying bullets all over the place. So um, I absolutely love his playing. And um, again, it's a shame that this band doesn't get the notoriety that it should. Uh, But again... I'm trying to do my part here in highlighting this album, and hopefully you guys like the album. If not, um, or if you um, agree or disagree with any of the comments, just go to um, uh, the index page. There are various links to that within the website, within this post for uh, cleansing. And you'll see others that have commented on this album. You have, as I mentioned before, Dan Lorenzo. You have John Leone from White Wizard. You have the aforementioned Joel Gostin, Metal Mike from Rob Halford and Testament, Eric Klubert from Gypsy Hawk. Uh, you also have Scott Middleton from Cancer Bats, uh, as well as Jane Elizabeth Gray from the great, great band The Greatest Fear. And then from the Spanish side of things, we have JL from the band Wayne, and we have David Gonzalez from Face the Void. Uh, He's actually the one that made the reference to the monotonous drumming. But uh, anyway, hey, everyone's entitled to their opinion. I don't happen to agree, but, you know, want to lay that out there so that if you do agree, you know, who knows? Maybe you check out his band and 
uh, either think it's cool or either say it sucks. You know, that's completely up to you. Before wrapping things up, I do want to remind you that we do have the Mars Attacks radio show. It is featured on Stream A of Mark Striegel Radio. You can find that at markstriegelradio.com or you can go to my website, marsattacksradio.com and there's a player on the right-hand side of the homepage. Right above that, you'll find the times when the show airs. Please support Mark Striegel Radio and check out... Uh, everything on Stream A, I actually help program that, and hopefully with a little extra time for the next few weeks, uh, I will be able to reprogram that a little and add some of these great tracks that we're featuring on the podcast. Also, I want to point you over to Fusion Sonica, the Spanish podcast and radio show that I do. Uh, basically we play a lot of the same groups, uh, we try to vary the songs as much as possible, and, uh, with this we'll do a classic albums, uh, podcast and column, but in Spanish, featuring Prong's Cleansing, and, uh, we'll vary the songs up a little, still want to include some of the hits on this, and, uh, that can be found at fusionsonica.com. Or right within iTunes. Same deal as with this podcast. You can stream it or download it from FusionSonica.com. There is the third podcast that I put together. It is found, or it can be found, on iTunes or at VictorMRuez.com. The Victor is with a C, and the last name is R-U-I-Z, as in zero. And um, that's... Pretty much a freeform podcast. We play all types of different music. This past release, we uh, discussed the um, re-release of Ozzy Osbourne's Blizzard of Oz and Diary of Madman. We also play some Prodigy, Depeche Mode. So it's all over the place. Also uh, talk about various types of uh, TV shows and movies as well. So, uh, yeah, it's, again, a little all over the place, and that's what the last episode was called, a little all over the place. So, that is there. And um, that is pretty much it. want to thank everyone for listening. If you want to contribute to the Classic Albums column, please send us an email at input at marsattacksradio.com. Send us your feedback regarding these columns as well. Uh, and check out the bands that have contributed, or artists, or uh, photographers, authors, etc., etc. Support them, and um, that's pretty much it. Thanks again for listening. We're going to close up this episode of the podcast with the track "Test" from Cleansing, or I'm sorry, off of Cleansing, Cleansing by Prong. Uh, Please check this album out, and as usual, support the bands that you love. Thanks again for listening, and see you next time right here on the Mars Attacks podcast. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. The broadcasters of your area, in voluntary cooperation with federal, state, and local authorities, have developed this system to keep you informed in the event of an emergency. If this had been an actual emergency, the attention signal you just heard would have been followed by official information, news, or instructions. This station serves the five walls of New York City. This concludes this test of the emergency broadcast system.